0: Welcome to the Filmed Live Musicals podcast, a podcast about stage musicals that have been legally filmed and publicly distributed. The Filmed Live Musicals website contains information on nearly 200 musicals that have been captured live. Check it out at FilmedLiveMusicals.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 29 of the Film Live Musicals podcast. I'm your host, Louisa Lyons, and joining me today is Ethel Yap, who appeared in Pangdemonion's 20th anniversary production of Urinetown. Pangdemonion is a proudly Singaporean theatre company with a mission to tell stories on their stage which are challenging, inspiring, relevant, accessible, and above all, of the highest artistic entertainment pr- and production values. Ethel is a fellow graduate of the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama and is a singer-songwriter who was recently nominated for
1: six Youth Music Awards. Welcome, Ethel. Hello! <laughs> that was such a great intro, by the way. Oh, I thank like, you. As like, like, the way, you know, you're like, ooh, you're like, so smooth, so cool, very nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so to start us off, Ethel, mm-hmm. what made you fall in love with musical theatre?
1: Oh man. That's a question for the ages, isn't it? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I grew up in a very musical family. So my, my parents sing. They used to sing in, in choirs and you know, they, they, they still sing and as a family we sang together at home, at family gatherings, in church. So I, I I kind of always grew up around music, and people used to like laugh and call us the Von Traps and stuff like that because we would like line up in a row, like all of us, and sing together. And then when I was really young, there were touring performances of Les Mis and uh, Phantom of the Opera, which came to Singapore. Probably, probably an Australian cast actually, because usually Australian casts do do come by because we're nearby. And my parents brought my sisters and i to watch those shows um and i was just like blown away i was like awestruck um even as a child i was very very engaged in in what i was watching in the stories in the music definitely and then they bought the soundtracks home on cd so we would listen to them on repeat and i think that's where it all started
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love
1: that. <laughs> I love I'm yeah. picturing
0: the the family von Yap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. But actually, recently I my my mom found old albums of like my sisters and I like standing on the steps of a relative's house and we were all like, oh, like singing something. Re- like really von Trap style, like in a row. <laughs> <laughs> How many sisters do you have? I have two older sisters. Oh, that's
0: so sweet. Yeah. So you're the
1: youngest of three? Mm mm-hmm Yeah.
0: so not not quite at seven children but
1: (laughs) no thankfully not I don't know I think my mom would have gone mad
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so we went to Central together in London and we graduated in 2012 which feels like a lifetime ago
1: (laughs) oh man and then
0: what you moved back to Singapore and what happened after that
1: I I moved back to Singapore and I kind of like straight away wanted to start you know, acting, doing shows, being a professional actor. But as all professional actors know, it really takes time to get yourself rooted in an industry, no matter which country it is. So, so that was the case for me. So I came back and, you know, I, I didn't know anyone. I had very few connections to the theatre scene in Singapore. So I was like sending random emails to like, the artistic directors of various companies here with my headshot, my CV saying like, hi I'm an actor who just I'm local, you know, I just came back from my training in London. If you have any upcoming auditions, anything you would like to possibly see me for, you know, I can come in, I can do a monologue, I can sing a song, you know, I can, I can read sides for you. Uh, so I just was just like blasting random emails. <laughs> and I was also going for like TV auditions as well, just sort of anything that, that, you know, would get me started. And the, the scene in Singapore is, uh, I guess, I mean, certainly compared to New York and London, it's, it is much smaller. So, you know, knowing people is very important because if not, you're kind of like people like, are you you know you're not part of our small club mm-hmm. so so yeah it took some time but you know by some um miraculous in my opinion circumstances doors small doors started opening for me I I, I got to know some people who then introduced me to other people and then slowly uh you know some uh, directors invited me to come for auditions and things like that so that's kind of how I I, I slowly found my way in but it, it it took some time it took like six months to a year which I'm not sure what it's like in other cities, but in Singapore, that's kind of like the average, like six months to a year, and definitely more for some people, unfortunately. Yeah, to to sort of get like, your first toe in the door. <laughs>
0: that that yeah. feels quite quick. Like, as, you know, I, oh, I okay. think the kind of like in London, I remember mm. it was kind of like the rule was like five years. Like, oh man. It, it took, I remember mm. feeling like as someone, you know, like you moving from overseas, uh, it was like it, it kind of takes you five years to like feel established and like,
1: mm. like you said, yeah. get your foot in the
0: door. So, and mm-hmm. just, trying to remember her name the director of all the shows at Pangdemonium Tracy Tracy yes Tracy Pang yeah yes Tracy Pang thank you she she also had worked in London and yes came to came back to Singapore or moved to Singapore is that right
1: so Tracy is actually British and mm-hmm. yes uh and she met Adrian her husband um okay so basically like Oh no, I, I don't know if I'm like the right person to give like a brief history of the punks, but I'll just <laughs> do my best. Adrian, Tracy, if you're listening, please don't. Yeah, okay, I love you guys. Anyway, so basically, like Adrian is is a veteran actor in Singapore. You know, uh, he's incredibly well respected. He's got an immense body of work, and he, uh was in the uk for some kind of training it might not have been acting training i think he might have been there for another degree actually um, but anywho who's he was in the uk for a number of years and acting there as well and i think that's where they met i'm pretty sure they met there in london um, and they got married they came back to singapore and tracy was directing here and adrian was acting here and uh they formed pandemonium in 2010 if I'm not wrong... Yeah, 2010. So after having um, directed and acted uh, in collaboration with other companies, in 2010, they started their own. So that's sort of like a brief history of the Pangs.
0: <laughs> and was pandemonium the first company that you worked with? Or was it a different company in Singapore?
1: Well, actually, officially, the very first theatre company I worked with in Singapore was um, a children's theatre company, iTheatre. i as in, like, iPhone i. <laughs> uh sadly i theater has has folded but um uh, many 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 uh theater actors in singapore have worked with them they they were around for many years for decades actually so like lots of us have like great memories doing um these wonderful shows for kids uh, with i theater so that was actually my first my first theater gig yeah <laughs> first paycheck yes well first theater paycheck actually yes. interestingly my first official paycheck was a tv show <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a really like a small random TV show, but yeah, nonetheless. <laughs>
0: that's you got to wear many hats as an actor, right? Got to oh, be able yeah. to do it, be in all the every field.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's fast forward to 2016 when the the English title is Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio, and I'm mm-hmm. apologies for butchering the Chinese pronunciation. <laughs> Liao Jai rocks. Yes, yeah, so that's perfect actually. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about the show, what it what it was?
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so Liao Chai Rocks is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Like it's one of the favorite shows that I've ever worked on. Um and it's got such a special place in my heart um because it was kind of like the first Chinese theater production where I no, it, yeah, it is the first Chinese theater production that I had a speaking role in. So, um, I worked with this company. Uh, so I'll be mentioning this. I'll probably be mentioning this company quite a lot because um, I've I've worked with them like many many times. Um, and and I'm very close to them. They're like family to me. So this company is called the Theater Practice. Um, so I'll just refer to them as TTP for short because that's how everyone in Singapore refers to them. Um, so I did a show of TTP in 2014. Uh, which was like a Chinese juke box musical um uh and the songs were uh f- um written by a local uh, a singaporean songwriter who is is quite um celebrated here uh so that was the very first show i did with them um i was in the ensemble and i only sang i didn't have any speaking lines at all um but i i just had such a great time doing that show and with them and then the second show i did with them was liao jai rocks um and it was really crazy because uh i mean they, they called me into audition for one of the lead roles so i was like okay you know i'll just go for it like i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna get it because my mandarin is terrible it's so bad like it's cringe it's like cringe bad um and i i I was at a point where like the only thing I could do was pretty much introduce myself and I couldn't really say anything else. Um, and that's, you know, the state of my Mandarin when I went to audition for this, for Liao Chai. But, you know, I just, I, I did my best. Um, and amazingly they gave me the role, which is, uh, which is kind of like the the second lead female uh, role in the show. Yeah. So I was like bowled over, but instantly it was like, incredibly intimidated because i was like oh my gosh my language skills are just not up to par because this isn't it isn't just any like normal chinese show it's um it's a period piece it's a so um the the yeah i know so the chinese yes so the chinese uh used in liao jai is actually classical mandarin so it was really difficult i mean it was yeah it was it was like the learning curve was insane it's like doing Um,
0: shakespeare if english is your second language or like you just you you can say hi how are you in english and now please do shakespeare Mm -hmm.
1: no yeah (laughs) yes so that's like the perfect analogy i mean it's kind of it's kind of um like it was it was modernized somewhat so okay, maybe not like Shakespeare, but like maybe like Jane Austen-y kind of like English, you know. Okay. So still still tough, still tough. Uh um, so you know, wow, like I hit the ground running, like they really put me to work. But they they were great. They um they they inspired a lot of confidence that I didn't have in myself. And they also helped. So they gave me like a language coach. Um and we had like you know speech sessions that were separate from the rehearsals um and like every step of the way I, I just felt really really supported i didn't feel like i was thrown in the deep end at all um and it helped me grow so because of that experience my mandarin improved a lot and it became a lot better than, <laughs> than what it was originally so that was that was wonderful um but uh this show was, is also really special because um as i mentioned you know it's adapted uh, it's adapted from a classical Chinese text, um, but it's really quirky and unique because it's, you know, stories from an old classical Chinese text but set to, like, rock music. Mm. And when you see that on paper, it shouldn't work. But it really <laughs> does. It really does. I mean, it's kind of like Hamilton, right? Like, people are like, what, the founding fathers with rap music? But it works, you know? And, <laughs> and like, Liao Jai is like that. Um... So I, I, it was just like, it was a crazy time because I was so stressed, you know, working on the language, but at the same time, I was having so much fun with the show. Um, The cast was amazing. Um, I I, I felt uh, our choreography was amazing. I mean, for Singapore, I think that, you know, the the choreography on the show was was really like, really high level. Um, Yeah, so I mean, there were just so many things about the show that, that I really loved the whole process. The rehearsal process was <laughs> really unique because um, TTP used to um, be uh, in a space that didn't have air conditioning, <laughs> and,
0: and like Singapore trop- exist in Singapore. <laughs> I know Singapore
1: is like a tropical. Singapore's a tropical country, right? Isn't that and like to
0: not have AC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It ought to be, um, but it's not. Uh, yeah, so um, because they they use their rehearsal space used to be this this really old um, building in Singapore, uh, which used to be like a really old school building, and then the school moved out, but the building was still there. And then the government gave that building to arts groups to use as you know their spaces, their offices, their rehearsal studios, and stuff. So TDP was in that space for thirty years. Very sadly. Um, they got chased out because like the government was like, Oh, now we're gonna take this building back and give it to other people. Yeah, that's a whole other story mm. about about Singapore and the art. But anyhow's um, so they were in this old space and 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 uh their rehearsal room, the biggest rehearsal hall, uh didn't have air conditioning. So we were like doing these crazy scenes, where, like people like dancing their hearts out, like full-scale, like choreo in like costumes because the show is set in ancient China and no aircon, and everyone's just like sweating their lives out but you know there's something about that experience that really bonds everyone <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. through> adversity. <laughs> oh, but it was like fun adversity I don't know you know what I mean it's like I, yeah. I just oh, felt yeah. everyone's having a great time um even though it was a tough rehearsal process. So it was just like all these things combined that made that production so special for me. Um, And yeah, like, I mean, so many things, like I felt like I really grew so much because the the challenges were so immense um, and the bar was so high. But like, I felt that, hey, I surprised myself, you know, I rose to the occasion. Um, I gained a lot of confidence and I grew a lot along the way. Uh, so, So, yeah, I mean... In a nutshell, that's why this show is like so special to me. <laughs>
0: so I'm curious about the language
1: portion. Did you grow up
0: speaking Chinese at home? Or is it mm. something you learn at school?
1: Um, so even though ethnically I am Chinese, uh, but my family uh, speaks English and that's kind of like a heritage of you know, the British colonial legacy that Singapore has inherited. So, um, in Singapore, like, I will speak only for Chinese um, people in Singapore because the situation may be different for Malay and Indian people. Um, but for Chinese people in Singapore, uh, if you're like, like you know, we are, we are like millennials, right? So, like, our parents are boomers. So, for like boomer Chinese Singaporeans, um, what happened was that uh, they either went to English medium schools or Chinese medium schools um, because at the time that you know the education system was like that. And if you went to English medium schools, then it would be likely that at home you would speak English with your own kids. Um, but if you went to Chinese medium schools, then it would be likely that you'd speak Mandarin at home um, or some form of Chinese dialect. Uh, and my parents went to English schools um, so we just ended up speaking English at home Um, Mm -hmm. but there are a good many people who speak Chinese at home with their folks and it's their first language as well Um, but in school officially um, since the 80s it's been like all English medium schools and uh, Chinese is a language subject that you take um, as one of like many languages yeah
0: is a medium school high school
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, by medium I mean like uh it's the language of instruction. Oh, got it. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. And yeah. as an actor, when you're like learning your text in another language, mm-hmm. do you need to translate the whole script so you understand it in English or are you thinking bilingually as you're reading the script?
1: So definitely when I first approached the script, I it, I was thinking I mean, it was internally like my monologue was completely English. <laughs> so, so as I, yeah, so um, I, I, I made sure because I knew like, you know, how big the challenge was. So I made sure to, to request the script like way ahead of time so I could start working on it even before we started rehearsals. Um, and what I did first and foremost was like I, I read you know through every line and like every word that i could not read i went to look it up in the dictionary write down how to pronounce it write down what it means um and then uh look at it in 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 context uh, of the whole sentence and then sort of like slowly work through the entire script that way um so there were like tons of english notes on my script uh and also i mean as well as w- when we started rehearsing and you know a- a- you'd be getting directions from the director and you're like thinking about your character's through line and everything like all my notes were in english so <laughs> so yeah that that was just just kind of i mean it was for me the most efficient way to approach it um but as we went along and also uh through the years as as i've continued to work with ttp and i've done more um chinese shows uh then i think it got to a point where it got a bit more bilingual um simply because i was just using the language so much more and i was around chinese pe- uh, speaking people so much more um so so it kind of evolved into that which was which was great like yeah <laughs>
0: Oh what a cool skill to have picked up and
1: uh, like to connect you with your cultural heritage as well. hmm Yes, 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 definitely. I, I I think that was one um very big thing for me as well, which was that um yeah, like I it, it was only when I when I went through this the whole process of, of rehearsing for Liao Chai that I realized like actually how um disconnected I was from my Chinese heritage and and even though, you know, it was kind of like like really late, but, you know, it was nice to be able to like start to reconnect in, in these ways, um, which I never would have anticipated. Mm.
0: Oh, that's really beautiful. That, that like, to me is like the best thing about theatre and music, like that it has that power to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Jai Rocks was filmed during its run
1: hmm yeah mm-hmm. so um what's cool about about jian hong okay so jian hong is the name of of the director um so what's cool about her is that she has a background in directing films actually as well um amongst other things like she's done so much like like such a like her the diversity of her work is really really interesting um but she 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 did um direct some films uh Earlier in her career as well, so uh, from what I observed, um, she tried to uh, record the musical in in as filmic a way as possible. I think while like not interrupting the theatrical process. So um, by that I mean that to us the cast um, it was just like an archival recording. You know, I mean, uh, what like the only thing we noticed was that one of the days in the run, okay, we see like cameras there and like, that's it. Um, But for her, I think she was sort of like calling like, like, okay, different cameras. Okay. And then now like switch to the other camera. Okay. And then now like back to the, you know, so I think like she was like doing that and, Even though to us it was just, it seemed like a regular archival, but I think for her it it was a lot more intentional in the way she tried to like put the whole thing together.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's super cool. I would love to chat with her some more about Mm. her process because I think uh, having directors who work in both mediums is rare and also very exciting because there are so many possibilities. So it was filmed in 2016, is that right?
1: Yes, 2016.
0: And then was it released at that time, or was it kind of held in the archives until 2020?
1: Yeah, it was. It was held in the archives until mm-hmm. um, yeah, until the pandemic. <laughs> wow. uh, and actually, that's that's like the standard in Singapore is that no one ever gets to see archival, <laughs> like other than you know the artistic director of the company basically like no or like some admin personnel who's like i don't know doing some research for something um but yeah no one ever gets to watch the archival not the cast not the crew like no one um i think there's a fear that that if somehow the files get out or they get leaked then people aren't going to buy tickets they're just not going to show up in person mm-hmm. um and i think i mean to be fair i think that that fear is very valid for singapore because Um, Our scene is small in that way. Um, And, you know, every ticket matters. Every ticket sold really does matter to the company that's staging the show. Um, You know, we we don't take any ticket sales for granted whatsoever. And, um, I mean, like, even for shows that we consider to be really big shows, like big musicals, large-scale productions, the most they will run uh, in a theatre is like four weeks you know so like every ticket really matters so i think that's why companies are so um protective even over archival material yeah
0: interesting so when it was released in 2020 were mm-hmm. there any negotiations with you as an actor for like extra compensation or anything like that uh actually no
1: not at all <laughs> 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 yeah i think um uh to be fair, I'm pretty sure that like contractually uh Okay, so here's the thing, right? Like in Singapore <laughs> like with okay, Singapore actors have this like terrible thing that like a lot of us don't really read our contracts like very well. <laughs> we just like sign the thing because we're like, oh, we need the money, you know? So we're just like, please just, just give me the show. Um, so, so I'm pretty sure that like contractually the company's allowed to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, to in, in short, no.
0: <laughs> so in the US, like, uh, equity shows have really strict rules around filming. Mm. And uh, there's rule like, to even film the show there, it's really strict. And then releasing it, there's, ho- like, lots of rules involved, like where you can stream it, who can watch it, wow. ha- what platforms you can use, um, and then how everybody is compensated. And mm. so I'm curious, how do you feel as an actor, like, it's great that your work is out there, but also on the flip side, you're not receiving compensation for it. So how, how do you feel about that model? Like what would you like to see changed or what would, you know, are you okay with this model? Do you want it to be different? Is Mm. there a union kind of equivalent in Singapore?
1: Wow. That's such a great question. Um, because, uh, like okay so to begin wow okay it's a great question because the situation in singapore like the way um the the scene is structured uh is is i think very very different um from how things go on in new york and in london um and i suppose in other european you know cities uh so to begin with there is like no union thing at all here <laughs> Like there really isn't, um, and 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 uh, actors for many years have been trying to, um, get together and like, like form some kind of union, you know, and and um, to be fair, like I think that uh, more senior actors have in the past tried to put associations together, um, but uh, I think the kind of negotiating power that um they had in the past, uh. Was very very limited, and they and I think a lot of them felt like you know it's not really going anywhere. So I think those efforts kind of fizzled out um, over mm. time. So so right now the situation in Singapore is that um, you kind of have to take care of yourself. Yeah, which is hard. Which is hard. It, it it really is hard. So from every like and 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 that covers everything from like negotiating your pay um, mm. to um, asking for compensation if you get injured on set, for example, um, you, you, yeah, you, you, you kind of have to take care of yourself. So, so that's 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 tough. Um, and in terms of like specifically to answer your this specific question about um, getting getting compensation when a show that you appear in. Uh, surfaces somewhere again is streamed is rebroadcasted whatever even on TV Um, yeah like I think a lot of us don't even realize that that's something we could negotiate for that's something we could ask about um, because it's just not like on our radar, you know, that, that that's, yeah, that that's even possible. um Yeah, because like the, the system is just not structured in a way that makes it feel that that's even available to us. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I'm mm. curious. I just watched a documentary called The Show Must Go On, uh, directed mm-hmm. by Sami Canold, uh, who's a director here in the US. And she went to South Korea at the beginning of the pandemic and followed the casts of um, Cats and the Phantom of the Opera in mm. Seoul who yeah. remained open during the early mm-hmm. part of the pandemic. And they talked in the uh, documentary about how South Korea has this culture of we act for the community. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not like the U.S., uh, which is like every man for himself. Um, and there's this very much community-minded um Uh, culture and Mm. so I'm curious does that also exist in Singapore and it's like the unions haven't been as necessary because like companies will take care of you
1: or am I overgeneralizing I think that's a really like interesting question so um, I I think just to give a bit of context unions in Singapore do exist uh, but they exist for like more blue collar labor type of work so um you know like bus drivers have a union in singapore um they actually even went on a strike once it wasn't very successful but they did (laughs) you know so just to give just to give an example um uh and 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 we have this sort of like uh in singapore it's called the ntuc it's the national trade Union Congress, something like that. Anyway, it's it's basically like a gathering of all the various unions in Singapore. Um, but uh, but for like uh, people in the arts, like actors, performers, um, there isn't there isn't one. Um, yeah, I I don't know if it's because people feel like actors don't need a union, but we do. Okay, anywho's I, I I suppose like the word union is just sort of associated with very specific kinds of jobs in Singapore, of which if you're a performer you know, people don't really associate that with needing to be in a union. Um, so so, so that's, that's kind of like one issue. Another issue is that, um, yes, I would say similar to Korea, we definitely are a very community-minded society. But I would say specifically for Singapore, um, we're not just community-minded, but we're actually very like government-controlled, very top-down. So nothing in Singapore happens without government consent and if it does it's happening in secret you know (laughs) like because um i think singapore is quite you know famous for being a very like nanny state where you know the government really controls like every single aspect of our lives but on the flip side you know they've that they take good care of us, you know. Like our, our country is clean, our country is safe, but we trade all those things in for like control. So similarly in the art scene, um, you know, there's been like a decades long, <laughs> decades long tension between artists and the government, um, because you know, like artists are always getting their work censored. For example, um, and 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 so there's that. There's that tussle, right? There's that tension, um, but at the same time, arts groups receive funding from the government that that keep them going. You know, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're like we can't bite the hand that feeds us, but at the same time, you know, they're just like they're co opting us. You know, so so there's like a lot of that. Um, yeah, and I and I and I think that being an actor in Singapore and not having a union kind of like when you kind of step back and you see that these are the larger forces at play, it, you know, sadly, that's the case for us. Um, so in terms of, um, yeah, like not having sort of that wider structural, um, you know, support that a union would offer, uh, yes, in lieu of that, you fall back on either taking care of yourself or, individuals or groups within the community take care of you so for example like what i said um when i was doing liao chai i mean I, I i mentioned that i felt very taken care of um because yeah you know like they knew i was for example they knew i was struggling with my language so they gave me a language coach you know things like that like so we that's what we fall back on like personal relationships because a lot of us um because the industry is quite small so many of us become really good friends you know um and we support each other that way on a personal level um yeah so so i mean just just things like that like it becomes the support and the care kind of becomes this sort of rather informal um thing uh which is both good and bad yeah it, it you know sometimes it, it gets complicated because of that as well. <laughs> yeah, it becomes yeah, because like of this, yeah. the the
0: internal politics become mm-hmm. very uh, magnified when it's kind of a small world yep. like that.
1: Yeah. exactly yes. yes 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 yeah very
0: much understand that which makes me want to jump ahead to urine town because in that context urine town is a really interesting show mm. like it, it talks about all of those issues like government control and mm-hmm. uh you know are we taking care of our citizens and um who gets left out when we when that model is in place um yeah. so let's jump ahead to urine town how did you become to be involved with pandemonians urine town
1: so, um, I uh, had the really uh, awesome privilege of working with Pandemonium um, a few years before. So, uh, in 2014, I think I auditioned for a play that they did, that they staged. Um, and so, I auditioned, I got the part, and um, it's this play called Tribes uh, by this playwright called Nina Rain. And it's, um, actually, I think it's... Uh, it's a British play. Yes, yes. So Nina Reen is a British playwright and I think Tracy and Adrian had seen the play when they made one of their trips to London um, and they really loved the script so they decided to stage it in Singapore so they got the rights for it and everything. And yeah, so I was part of the show um, and uh, and then I... So that was the first time I worked with them. It was like an amazing experience. It was a wonderful show. Um, and, and then like fast forward to like 2019, they're like hey, we're doing You're in Town, um, uh, you know, so so then they invited me to be part of the show, and I had also, in between, done, like, a musical-ish thing for them. It's a long story, so I won't get into it, but I, suffice to say, I did, like, a, a musical-ish thing for them, like, in between those two productions, um, which made them want to cast me for You're in Town, so um which was awesome so so then i got into Town. um yeah and then and then we did the show in 2019 so that's kind of like how i i started working with them um yeah and I love the the slight change uh,
0: that it's set in the futuristic, most expensive city in the world.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice yeah, little adaptation
0: oh, for Singapore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's <laughs> like I don't know, man. Like a, I don't know if it's something we should brag about or be ashamed <laughs> of. Like I really. <laughs> it's it's awkward
0: (laughs) sydney's fighting for your title don't worry
1: oh yeah yes 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 hot Mm. on your
0: heels (laughs) 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 and what was the process of being how how long was the run and what was the process of being involved in that show
1: so um the run was also about three to four weeks long which which yeah you know as i mentioned is is kind of like as long as it gets in singapore for a local production i mean touring productions they come they stay for months but that's because the money comes from elsewhere um but for local productions uh yeah it's not likely that it'll go beyond four weeks so i think we did like three and a half i i think yeah thereabouts we just we're just pretty standard for like a big musical here um what was the what was the process like it was awesome i mean um it was really hard work like i mean it's such a physical show especially if you're one of the poor which i was you're oh my gosh <laughs> it's just always like,
0: hard for the poor
1: <laughs> oh dude tell me about it it's like whoa really like yeah basically the whole of act two you're just like dancing non <laughs> it's like non-stop but it was fun and also i felt like i was probably in the best shape of my life doing this show <laughs> like i mean like genuinely it was so funny because um uh uh when when the casting results came out and you know we were informed that that we had been casted whoever got into the cast um the our choreographer was like uh you know all of you you better start working out cuz it's going to be a hard show yeah he was like uh, i tell you all in advance it's it's going to be like really physical so you have to be fit so i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh so like I, so i actually started like trying to work out more regularly um in you know like for the show so i did i started working i started working out more regularly like a few months before the show and then by the time the, you know it, it got around to the show i was like yeah i'm in a good place you know so it was yeah it was physically tough um vocally also like Whoa, I mean, it's, it's like the lethal combination of like the crazy high, like soprano parts and like (laughs) nonstop dancing. (laughs) But, but it was a great challenge. And, and I think it's, it's so funny. Like I, now that I've been working in this industry for, for like more than, for like eight years, wait. Like, yeah, eight years? Yeah, I, I the, the last year didn't really count because, you know, time stood still. But um, mm-hmm. for about eight years, uh, I, I think that the shows that I look back the most fondly on are the ones where, th- yeah, the challenges were immense. And so I had to grow and I had to like meet those challenges head on. And, and definitely, your in Town was one of them because it was such a physical show. And um, I, I think just to give some perspective, like in Singapore, we don't really do a lot of dancey musicals uh, because not a lot of actors have dance training. So um, it is more common to find actors who are very strong actors and singers, but not very strong dancers. And we do have um, some actors who are like genuine triple threats, but very few. Yeah, very few. Um, and and those that are genuine triple threats are they are the ones who are working all the time, you know, because they can do everything. Um, but most of us are, are strong actors and singers, and not not so great dancers. Um, so uh, yeah, so 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 usually when you know uh, on the on the off occasion that as a company decides to stage a more dancey musical, what will happen is that um, they'll get like dancer dancers who don't really sing to come and do like the heavy dancing and then the 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 lead roles will you know be people who act and sing more so which is kind for- of how
0: it used to work in new york you'd have the dance corps and the the, the leads would sing and then the dancers would come in and do the dancing
1: mm-hmm. but now it's just like everyone is insanely amazing and yes <laughs> and all of them are aliens uh basically <laughs> <laughs> you
0: are exactly right. <laughs> like having flashbacks to Dan- running around the rooms at Central with the Barnes and like being drilled oh and being told gosh. like if you're not show fit.
1: <laughs> um. So bad. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no, I feel I, I, I so feel you. So yeah, so I mean, um I've always, you know, felt that I was one of those people that was not a very good dancer. Um so yeah, so for you in town, uh we were like, okay, man, we 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 gotta rise to the occasion, you know. <laughs> um, and
0: you certainly did. I <laughs> um what's the number at the end of act one? Um it's a hard cold um,
1: Oh oh the the, the police song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I just cracked up the costumes are so fantastic I know and right it's so effective and I, mm. I'm i surprised to learn that uh most of the cast are not dancers but,
1: mm. yeah yeah I think I, I think like many of us would hesitate to say that we're like dancers so like most of us would be like we're actors who move you know like a lot of us would say that we're like singer actors who move um, <laughs> yeah and, and then only like a few would be like yes I can do all three you know like confidently yeah. um, so so yeah so I mean our choreographer really like ripped us into shape <laughs> um, but I was glad I was glad for it I mean I think I, I a while back I told myself that you know I kind of i I have to at least do like one dancey musical, you know, like just one, <laughs> so like if You're in town is my only one, I'm like'm pretty glad that you know that was it, <laughs> yeah,
0: and similar to Leo Jai rocks, was it filmed for archival purposes? yes,
1: um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I believe it was, mm I think yes, I think so, yeah,
0: yeah, so you as as actors you weren't like. Um, you weren't really aware of the cameras or it, it wasn't like a special performance for the cameras or anything like that?
1: Yeah, no. Um, I, I think it was recorded during an actual show. I mean, some companies choose to record their archival during a full dress run. Then you can kind of, I don't know, like bring the camera closer and things like that. You can put them in the seats. But I, I'm i pretty sure for you in town, it was during an actual show so it would you know be like pretty far back and and things like that yeah but
0: the editing is so good like it feels you're able to see the show and they've edited it with close-ups and different camera Mm -hmm. angles so it's it's been really beautifully done it doesn't again it the way technology has changed and the the, um, digital cameras make it so much easier now that it doesn't feel like just sticking a camera up the back and having the one-shot archival recording it feels more Mm -hmm. dynamic than that
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I've been surprised, isn't because yeah, during the pandemic when we were all locked down, and then even like a lot of Singapore companies started um putting their work online. So companies that do like plays as well, they were putting their stuff online, and I was like, wow, like quality of this is like really good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and I'm I'm so glad it was made available. I'm I'm really sad I missed Lealai Rocks. Um, I like want to write to the company and be like can I watch it please (laughs) Um, and I'll add it to the database as well Uh, Mm. um, but being able to see you're in town was it was delightful and being able to Mm. see you work finally after all these years being able to watch you from afar
1: was so wonderful oh thank you yeah I yeah I it I don't know it's it's so like funny because I mean, just like a like a random thing about about reconnecting with like people from central, like I think it's so I don't know. It's like so special. I I I really enjoy reconnecting with people from central, and 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 I spent some time in London in 2019, and I saw David in Motown the musical, and he was incredible. He was Smokey Robinson. He was so good. Like every time he came out, I was like ah.
0: ah. And funny, David, David Albury, a uh, British actor, who, yes. uh, he was in a musical, Only the Brave, which is about mm-hmm. the D-Day landings, um, mm. based on true stories of the D-Day landings. And that was stri- filmed live at the Wales Millennium Centre and is available online. So I was nice. able to connect with him through that too. And hopefully he will be coming on the podcast as well.
1: Yes, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man yeah <laughs> oh.
0: oh so there was another musical that you're in that has been filmed uh lao Joe. yeah Joe. oh so close Joe, <laughs> <laughs> which translates to number nine in mm-hmm. english yes and so can you tell us about what that show is about
1: um so uh lao jo is a show that has a really long history in singapore it is like one of our like famous shows um, because it was written by Kuo Pao Kun. Okay, so here's where I have to kind of like go into a bit of history as well. So um, Jian Hong, who is uh, the artistic director of the theater practice and who directed me in Liao Jai and Lao Jiu, um, she is the daughter of Kuo Pao Kun, who wrote Lao Jiu originally as a play. Um, And she, uh, basically when um, Kuo Kun passed away, uh, she took over the running of the Well, I think she had already, if I'm not wrong, I think she had already taken over the running of of TTP even prior to his passing. Um, Yeah. But anywho, Kuo Baokun is like, is like, I don't know, man. He's like OG. He's like Singapore theatres o-g like the o-g like he said he's the o-g like playwright he's the o-g like director he's the o-g like activist you know um he yeah like he was like a political prisoner in singapore for like a few years yeah because of his work and yeah it's like a lot of history there um, but he is immensely respected and, and and he has left a huge legacy um, in our theatre scene. Uh, and he wrote Lao Jiu, um originally as a play. And then it's, you know, of course, been performed many times, adapted many times, done in different languages, and then became a musical as well. So when I finally performed in it, it was like the, I don't know, like nth Iteration of the show, yeah, it, it, and and this time in a musical form. So it was quite like cool to sort of just be one of many people who have stepped into the legacy of this show and like stepped into the legacy of of Khor kun himself. Um, and I, I yeah, I mean like, if you're uh, a performer in Singapore, you know you know who he is and you know his work, um, and and you know this play as well. So. Yeah, so it's quite cool because it's it's so funny, it's it's kind of like that that like Hamlet thing where like every actor takes on the mental I, you know what I mean? Like every actor who yeah. performs Hamlet is like, I'm the next Hamlet and like Batman is like everyone's like, I'm the next Batman, you know? So it's kind of like like I'm I'm in Lao Jiu. Oh, you're in Lao Jiu? oh I was in Lao Jiu in the seventies, oh I was in Lao Jiu in the eighties So. Oh, Oh, sorry, sorry. It started in the 80s because it was written in the 80s. So it's like, oh, I was in this version of Lao Tzu. And oh, I was in that version of Lao Tzu. You know, and I was acting as this and I was acting as that character. And hey, we were acting as the same character, but we're like a generation apart, you know. So it's that kind of show. Um, What is the story about? So the story is, uh, firstly, it's set in the 80s, in in Singapore in the 80s, um, in a family that has uh, eight girls, and the number nine is a boy, so he's a very precious boy, um, because in Chinese culture, um, boys are favored over girls, uh, and uh, this family in particular is a poor family. Uh, the parents are uneducated, um, and you know the the dad used to be like, a gangster, like, some secret society member, you know, um, but he's kind of, like, made good, but he's uneducated, and the mom is, like, this really, like, sweet housewife, but she's uneducated as well, and they have, like, eight girls, um, and, and so, you know, the parents feel like they're cursed, and like, <laughs> they keep trying for a boy, but they keep having a girl, and, like, finally, they have a boy, and they, the whole family pools, like, all their resources to send this boy to school and he's smart and he does well in school and he like gets good grades and and so the whole family's hopes are pinned on him but he wants to quit school and learn puppetry because he loves puppetry um the traditional chinese puppetry yeah so he so it's like this huge like tension like you know should he um you know so uh like and 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 when you as an audience member, when you step into the story, um, it's it's at this turning point where the number nine, the boy, he's supposed to go for this big exam that will determine whether or not he wins a scholarship um, for university. Uh, and... And, and so, like, you feel, you know, you feel the tension. Like, he's like, oh, I, 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 I don't want to study anymore. I want to be, like, a puppet master. You know, I want to go and train with my master and I want to be, like, his apprentice. But then the family's like, how can you do this to us? You know, we've invested everything in you. You're the only one who has gone to school. You know, things like that. So, it's very Asian in that in that way. Um, <laughs> but it's But it's something that so many Singaporeans can relate to yeah, it's very, very relatable, which I think is why it has been performed so many times. And, you know, so many people see themselves in that role. And definitely for so many artists in Singapore, like we have gone through that exact same struggle, you know. Oh, what a powerful story. And <laughs> mm-hmm. that
0: was also filmed archivally and then released during the pandemic. Mm hmm. hmm. I
1: want to see it. <laughs>
0: <Release> <laughs> yeah, it again
1: it f- please TTP. <laughs> uh, yeah, please. I know it it was fun and um yeah, I the 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 role I had in it was really interesting because um the uh, like I was this um, somewhat random but not really <laughs> random character. Um so in in the version I was acting in, I'm kind of like Lao Tzu's love interest but not really because like it never really goes anywhere. But like basically my character is like a foil to his because um, I'm another like straight A student who ends up following that path. Like I go for the exam, I get the scholarship and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like our paths cross for like a moment and then he considers whether he should come with me and we should like, oh, go study together, go to university together, you know, that kind of thing. But then um, he, he chooses a different path. Like he actually decides to forego the exam and to study puppetry and, you know, etc. So his, Follow his heart and his, his yeah, passion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: really beautiful.
1: Hmm.
0: oh ethel i could talk to you for hours about all of this uh, but we're running a little (laughs) short on time so i have a series of questions that i ask all my guests to start off with what is your favorite musical
1: oh that's so hard does everyone say it's really hard to choose oh man (laughs) okay so this may not be definitive but for now I think it's the last five years. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'd love to see you in that. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite filmed live musical?
1: Hmm. Do I have a favorite film live musical? Hmm. That's a very good question. The problem is, I'm not sure if I've seen very many. Yeah, is that weird? I don't know. Like, Hmm. I've... I don't know, it's it's really hard to, yeah, can I pass? <laughs> of
0: course, absolutely. So a film live musical, it's not exactly th- live theatre
1: and it's not mm-hmm. exactly a
0: film, so what mm-hmm. should we call it?
1: Ooh. Uh <laughs> mm. that's usually wow. how most people
0: also respond
1: <laughs> oh man these questions are like really hard I thought they were gonna be like rapid fire you know like bam 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 but like I'm like hesitating at each one I'm so sorry uh, it's not a problem
0: uh, they're uh, life mo- big questions a, a movical oh I like that <gasps> a movical <laughs> where do you stand on bootlegs
1: ooh um if it's if it's staged by one of those big machine type companies, I say yay. But if it's a small indie company, I say nay. Yeah. Because the small indies need the profit, man. They need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like Cameron Macintosh is already rich enough. So he does <laughs> not he does not need my extra dollars. Yeah. Fair. Uh, huh?
0: What do you wish? What shows do you wish had been filmed?
1: Oh, um, is it very terrible to say my own shows? Not at all. Is it very <laughs> terrible to say that? Okay, because okay, so because as I mentioned earlier. Um, companies in Singapore are incredibly protective over their archivals. Um, And so, if you have a loved one who is not able to watch a show, they will never be able to see it. And, and it's very sad. So, so for that reason, I would say my own shows, like, I mean, stuff that I've, I've appeared in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just, just for like,
1: yeah, you know what I mean? Just for like uncles and aunties and like, Loved ones who were not able to catch it live. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I love that answer. Uh, what would you like to see filmed in the future?
1: Hmm. Hmm. As in, oh, uh, would I like to see? What? Well, sorry, can you be a bit more specific? Oh, like,
0: sure. What What stage musicals would you like to see filmed in the future?
1: As in stage musicals that are currently running.
0: Or ah. you know what? What should we be filming in the future for fil- for stage musicals?
1: Hmm. I well, okay. So I've been hearing a lot about like Hades Town. Is that what it's called, Hades Town? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a show like that would never come to Singapore. You know, so so yeah. Like I would love to see that. Like
0: yes i i second that i have seen it and it is gorgeous and oh nice i i hope they do a capture of it
1: it's Mm. it really
0: it's such a great show and it it should it deserves a a wide audience that goes beyond broadway yeah 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 Yeah. oh absolutely and finally where can we find
1: you and your work online oh okay um so Definitely my Spotify for um my my original music. Uh Which so is gorgeous. You just... Everyone should go check that out. Aw, thank you. Um yes, so just type in my name, Ethel Yap. Uh, depending on where in the world you are, you might see a bunch of children's Chinese songs. <laughs> but that's also me. <laughs> the English stuff is there as well. <laughs> yes. um, so that's for my original music. Uh, for my theatre stuff, well, so right now I'm taking a break to uh, be a mommy but um, uh, hopefully we'll return to the stage soon Uh, and I post all my updates on my Instagram and my Facebook page yeah
0: great and we'll have links to all of that in the show notes yay wonderful Ethel thank you so much for your time today it has been a delight to catch up with
1: you and chat with you thank you so much it's been so so great talking to you yeah it's been a wonderful time thank you
0: filmed live musicals makes musical theater more accessible brings joy and creates a sense of connection for audiences around the world with thanks to patrons josh brandon elliot charles rachel esteban mercedes esteban Lyons, james t lane al monaco david negrin jesse rabinowitz and brenda goodman david and Catherine rabinowitz and beck twist for being a part of spreading the love of musical theater if you would like to join you can do so by becoming a film live musicals patron. for as little as three dollars a month you'll receive early access to the film live musicals podcast early access to site content and a weekly newsletter with info on upcoming streams visit patreon.com forward slash musicals on screen to learn more You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening.